Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Icebox Pod, episode 13 here. Lucky uh, number 13 here with here with Matt at Icy Ice Sports Cards and then uh, me, uh, 412 Sports Cards. So we got obviously the, the hot news in the hobby to be talking about with you guys today. The Fanatics news will obviously be a centerpiece of our discussion, but that's not going to keep us from talking about some other stuff, some F1, some LeBron with how well he's been doing. It's going to be sprinkled on in. But yeah, Matt, how are we doing today? Uh, pretty good. I think uh, we're both a little bit disappointed in our college football teams. Uh, minus Michigan got, I mean, smacked against Georgia. Notre Dame didn't get smacked, but blew a 21-point lead. 21-point lead. Oh, it was that big? Oh, wow. We were ahead 28-7 to seven with one and a half minutes left in the first half. And then we gave up a touchdown right before halftime. And so it went from there. I went, I traveled for the game too and witnessed yeah. the, uh, witnessed the humiliation in person, but we did better than Michigan did against our opponent. So, yeah, I think, I mean, the thing with Michigan, it was like, you know, talking to, fellow Michigan fans like everybody expected them to lose nobody expected them to win but we just did not expect them to just get smacked around like we expected them to compete like I thought I thought it was going to be like a 10 point loss but Matt, how, how does it feel now do you have any sympathy for the Notre Dame fans who for the last five years have been told that Notre Dame should never be in the college football playoff because they've been smoked by clearly superior teams. Because I took a lot of vindication from uh, Cincinnati in uh, Michigan getting smoked as a Notre Dame fan because it made me feel better after, you know, people said Notre Dame sucks because, like, Michigan is not terrible. They just lost. Like, obviously, I wanted Michigan to win. But, like, they're not terrible. Georgia's just that much better. And that doesn't mean that Michigan wasn't worthy of being in the playoff. Yeah, I think the key is, like, the reality right now in college football is Georgia and Alabama are just miles better than everybody else. And the second thing that is a reality that people need to accept is stars matter. People always say, you know, getting five stars does not matter. Like, it's all about the guys with heart and stuff. That is complete bullcrap. Getting five stars matters a ton. Georgia and Alabama each have like 45 stars. Michigan had like three. And like that, the reality is stars matter a ton. And it's like, it feels weird to say, but like heart just does not matter that much when you're playing against a team like that. And every single person is a five star and every single player on Michigan is like a three and a half star. It's tough. Yeah, it is tough, and it's hard to recruit. And it's hard for Michigan to recruit with what's been happening the past five, six years. I mean, luckily, they – and the other thing about being a Michigan fan was I was sad about that loss, but this season was absolutely insane to be a Michigan fan. They were unranked coming into the season. Everybody thought they were going to suck. We're not in the top 25 – no hope. 
come out, beat Ohio State, and win the Big Ten championship, like, if you would have told me that they would beat Ohio State and win the Big Ten championship, I would have said you're an idiot before the season started. Like, there's no way I would have believed that. So, overall, kind of happy, disappointed. They couldn't keep it closer, though. But, yeah, I know you – it's weird with Notre Dame, too, because obviously with, you know, Kelly leaving, there were some weird circumstances. Like, you probably did not foresee a bowl game without Brian Kelly when the season started. Uh, no, I didn't. I saw the news, like, that when Brian Kelly left that morning – there was like rumors. It's like LSU is heavily pursuing Notre Dame head coach, Brian Kelly for head coach. And I talked to my friend in class and I was like, Oh, that's stupid. Like there's no way that would ever happen. And then like two or three hours later it happened. So it felt like a fool, but yeah, no, it was a pretty good season for Notre Dame too. Obviously wish had been in the top four, but can live with, can live with five Fiesta bowl. A big bowl game. It was fun. Kept it close. I uh, wish we would have won. Obviously, it was a devastating uh, loss, but it was it was still fun though. Happy with you, the season, and I think you, recruiting has taken big leaps for Notre Dame this year. Really? Yeah, they've been getting a lot more top recruits. Like the future years should be good, but we have some of the same issues you have, which is uh, the cold, which I think is like legitimately an issue. <laughs> yeah, it is. I, clouds I cold uh these are these are serious issues on the recruiting trail how how high do you think they'll start off next year in the eight. rankings eight, eight. Okay. I, I don't know drop a couple i i would outside the top 10 i'd be shocked okay that's a that's pretty much what i think about michigan like i think like the Six to nine range, I wouldn't really be surprised. Outside the yeah. top ten, I'd be really surprised. Yeah, that's how I feel too. I think they'll be a top ten to start the year. And I very happy with that. First game of the year next year against Ohio State in Columbus. Actually, uh, I might try to go. We will see. But yeah, I don't know wow. if the listeners care that much about that, but that's a huge game to start the year. And I am yeah, not that that far from Columbus. So I'm thinking about trying to go. That's actually crazy. I did not know that. I know Michigan doesn't play Notre Dame until like 2033 or something. Yeah, like I that. know. It's sad. We need more games yeah. against Michigan. But anyways, maybe we'll move on from the college football a little before we before we bore you guys. But we, we definitely, if you can't tell, really enjoy college football. So we're going to be sad yeah. here with uh, no college football on next weekend. Uh, but Matt, I hear you finished Drive to Survive. Is that is that true? Are the rumors true? Yeah. So basically, um, yeah, I had to. I was interested in it, or like kind of intrigued by the show. I don't really ever watch TV besides like live sports. I don't watch TV shows, but I decided to give it a shot. Um, and especially with the way that card the cards are like going crazy right now. So just wanted to learn more about it and see. And I did not like it that much, to be honest. What? I, what? Yeah. I thought it was honestly so boring. 
I can't believe this. Yeah, I'd say every... So the episodes are like 45 minutes. You didn't like it? No, I because the episodes are like 45 minutes. And there's about 10 minutes in each episode. That's exciting. And that's like the race pretty much. But all the interviews that they do and all the like behind the scenes stuff they do just like bored me to death. Like it was so hard to watch it. And I I do... So I think that in the future, I would watch the races because the races were really fun to watch. But seeing the behind the scenes stuff and also researching the cards, not a good combo. I think the cards are so high right now. I can't. I I don't see a scenario where those stay that high. Honestly, it would be. I don't know. It would have to be pretty like a revolutionary interest in the U S to have that stay that high. And I think a lot of people are just in it because they can make a quick buck right now. Like I, I don't really like the longevity, but we'll see. Wow. I can't believe it. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you there. It's definitely made to be watched like, and then like I watch an episode and then I watch episode a week later and they give you a very long recap. Uh, which I'm That's not good. denying that there's not the long recap and that there's not rehashing of things that have already been said, but I did find it very enjoyable. So I guess we'll, we'll have to disagree on that, but you would still watch the races. Yeah. I did you like Gunther? So yeah. Like even him, like I did not find him like you didn't super. like him. I mean, I didn't oh. like this. I didn't dislike him, but I did not find him appealing, really. Like, basically, the only part of the episode, I'd be just bored out of my mind, bored of my mind. And then it'd be, like, the black screen, and it would say race day. And then I'd be like, okay, here we go. Now, actually, something's going to happen. Like, I, yeah, just did not. And they really don't cover Lewis Hamilton. Like No, and that is because Lewis Hamilton did not agree to have the Netflix crew follow him. Oh, that's why. Why did and I think I think, and this is huge. I oh nuts. I'm not sure if I'm gonna remember. I forget if Max Verstappen agreed or disagreed to have Netflix follow him this year. I I there was like a there was Lewis is is in one of the seasons a little bit, but like not a ton. Like they don't follow him for like a whole episode. They like just like talk to him like once or twice. But there, but like not every team agrees to have Netflix go to their garage uh, to like film an episode if they want to. Oh, yeah. I just Googled it. It says on October 21, 2021, Max Verstappen not participating in Netflix Drive to Survive. And then another one, Max Verstappen is boycotting Netflix, quote, fake Drive to Survive. Yeah, because he doesn't like it because he said it builds fake drama, which is fair. But yeah, that's the whole point of the show, kind of. Like the show is wouldn't be interested if there wasn't any drama. But... Did you see when Roman Grosjean was on fire? That so I guess I'm spoiling stuff. Sorry, people. Don't keep listening. Maybe skip ahead if you don't want spoilers, because I, I'm just freewheeling it and spoiling now. But yeah. So that is the one episode that I actually enjoyed from start to finish. 
that was the only episode that I. That's that might be the last episode. It might be the last episode too. It's the second to last. Oh, okay. Because it's Bahrain, I think. I think it's Bahrain. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I. I don't know. I just found it to kind of be slow paced, almost. Like wow, Uh, this is a this is a major shock to me, listeners. I know you're out there. If you've listened to, if you've watched the show, send us the DMs because I want to know what other people think. Because I assumed that literally everyone would like this show, but apparently not. Yeah, I, I would be interested too in getting some DMs and feedback on whether you like it or not. Because the next season that comes out, I don't know if I will watch it. I'm pretty 50-50. I might even with it being an insane F1 season. Like this was like the best season of F1 and like years apparently yeah i think i think i'd probably just give it a chance and watch like two episodes and if i'm if i somewhat enjoy it then I, i'll watch the rest but yeah wow. definitely not not something that i'm looking forward to necessarily wow this is this is shocking news i, I told yeah. you i thought you'd be surprised but i know i didn't realize you were gonna say you didn't like it i thought you were gonna say i thought you were gonna say that I'm I'm now a Williams Racing fan, or uh, <laughs> I'm gonna root for some terrible team. No, see, so who who would you root for? I have, okay. So when I watched it this year, uh, and all, listeners, if you don't like F1, I guess you can skip ahead a little because don't you worry, the fanatics is coming. But uh, I rooted for Max Verstappen to win this year just because I didn't want to see Lewis win. Uh, which I guess is counterintuitive to how I normally root for sports. Cause like I root for Tom Brady and I root for LeBron just cause like, I want to see the best continue to be the best, but yeah. like, I don't like Lewis Hamilton. Cause I think he uh, seems arrogant. Not that Max isn't arrogant, but I don't know. I don't like Lewis's character, but Max is definitely arrogant too. Like he, Max is more of a jerk. And Lewis is more of a, like, I'm better than you, arrogant, in my opinion. But I want to root for my guy that I'm deciding to root for next year, who is a lowly team, is Yuki Sonoda. I don't know if he's in the show, because I'm not sure if he was even in F1. I, I think he's. I think he was in F2 when the last season, like, he got promoted to F1 this year. He's like, I think he's, I don't remember if he's, is he Japanese? I don't remember. I'm, I'm going to screw it up now and I'm going to be in trouble. But uh, <laughs> but he's like a young driver for, um, oh boy, Alpha Tari, I think, with Pierre Gasly. Pierre Gasly's in the show. I'm almost positive. Yeah, yeah he is. He is. He's, his teammate is Pierre Gasly. But he's, I don't know, he just seemed always stubborn and hard to overtake, which I always thought was kind of fun to watch because he always clogged yeah. people up. As they were trying to pass, I don't. Him. Get, I don't get how they switch teams so much. What? How they switch teams? Yeah, like half the drivers at the end of the season, it's like, oh, see you in the next season. Can't wait to compete against you now. I'm like, oh, wow. This year, I don't think there are that many drivers switching teams. A Mercedes driver switched though to um. Oh, I don't remember where he's going. Who's that? That's Valtteri. The... Valtteri Bottas yeah, is on a different team. Oh, really? And George Russell. Do you, is George Russell on the show? No, for Willing, but I know who that is. For, Will, for Williams is uh, is going to Mercedes. Oh, okay. But William, I like Williams from the show. I like the woman who's in charge of Williams. Uh, I, her name Claire, the boss of Williams. 
Yeah. Huh. But I don't know. I, I enjoy watching the races, but maybe you'll have to see. We'll have to see if you like it or not. But the cards are steamed up. Like Yuki Sonoda, who you don't even know, and he is was in F1 last year, and he would come like P10 to P15 or P8 to P15, like most races. And he would – his purple out of like – 399 that I've been looking at is like $50. Wow. Wait, do you know how to spell that? Yuki is Y U K I and then T S U N O D A for Sonoda. I just want to look up what his autographs do. His autographs are disgusting. He has a lame auto. Yeah, he has a terrible auto. Yeah. He's like a kid, though. Yeah, he looks like he's 10, honestly. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know. Last Apparently, he's a, he might be a little bit of a jerk, but I like the way he drives. So, Oh, they're not too bad as autos aren't. No, like he's hundred- not that good, though, right now. He is not that good. And he's not okay. considered to be, like, the most promising up-and-comer, like George Russell. Oh, gotcha. Like, George Russell probably goes for 5 or 6x what he goes for, maybe more. Gotcha. Huh. But you might find this interesting. And then I guess after this, we'll get off the subject and let you kind of talk a little bit, maybe more about fanatics. But next year, there's some changes that are being made to kind of level the playing field. They're changing some stuff about the tires, changing some stuff about spending rules to try to make it so it's not just Red Bull and Mercedes are the only ones who can compete. For a championship. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's interesting. I don't really like so many rule changes, though. That's fair. You know, it kind of hurts the sport a little bit when there's so many. Oh, another thing I was going to bring up on this podcast before we move into fanatics. Manafred is ruining baseball. Did you see he, like, they fired Ken Rosenthal? Isn't Ken Rosenthal like the reporter? Yeah, he like made them fire him because he they were he was being too critical of Manfred. What? Yeah, it's crazy. It's like it, no. it's like he's a like a dictator. Manfred is. No, I, yeah, I we talked about Rob Manfred on here before. He is terrible for baseball. Yeah, he is ruining the game. It's terrible. Ken Rosenthal is amazing. He was like the only MLB guy I actually like to listen to sometimes. I do like Ken Rosenthal. I'm sad to hear that. Yeah, me too. Because I saw a huge like campaign on Twitter and it was like Ken for commissioner. (laughs) Oh, that's kind of funny. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I can't believe that. But yeah, anyways, on to Fanatics. Um, Just signed a deal with Tops. Um, which is apparently came out today that it was a $500 million deal, which I guess seems about right for time. That's low. Well, do you I mean, remember it, when they were going to go public? I mean, it's, it's not low necessarily. It's probably fair value, but it's a lot lower than they were worth when they had the license. 
Right. I think it's fair just because Tops had no leverage in that deal at all. Like what negotiating power did they have? It was pretty much either go out of business or sign with us. I mean, they might not have gone completely out of business, but they would have been down to the bare bones. Yeah. F1 really needed this boom for them <laughs> if they that's weren't bought up. Yeah, so that's um, – and then we have, I don't know, a lot of discussion, I guess, between pretty much everybody involved at the hobby, whether you're like a big collector or a small collector. Um like, is it good for the hobby? So what would be your take on the next, I don't know, maybe, well, when does the deal start? Isn't it 26? Right now. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, it's a merger. They they just bought them. Or, no, like, when does Fanatics really get to start making their own stuff? Like, when does... Well, starting their own... Well, so, they, well, so now they... Well, they have... Now they have all Topps's baseball license so i think theoretically i think theoretically they could now produce other products with a fanatics brand if they wanted to because now they have the mlbpa and the mlb uh league licenses but i mean that'd be stupid i mean they're just going to continue they're just going to oversee tops now which is what's going to happen this year um i would not be i i would be I think the products this year should be good. The products early in the cycle, I think maybe high, high print run just because tops might've already had the wheels in motion for that kind of stuff. But I'm wondering if you might see some more value delivered uh, further down the product cycle where the stuff hasn't been as, it's not as planned. It, they can still change course on some of those. Um, Cause I think fanatics is might try to, I don't know, try to curb the supply a little bit to kind of, keep the ecosystem healthy. And I personally think it's very good because I was worried, especially in baseball. I mean, it's been a huge issue where the, the overprinting is a real issue in baseball because the demand isn't what it is in basketball and what it is in football. And the overprinting is, is more devastating because of that. And I think that fanatics who has incentive to preserve the long-term as opposed to tops before this deal being made, who had no incentive whatsoever to preserve the long-term. I think that the incentives are aligned in a much more favorable way for the collector, the investor, uh, everyone. And I just am happy that Topps baseball cards will continue to be produced personally, because I was really sad about that. So I'm very happy about that. Yeah, I think it'll be really good, especially because uh, we looked it up before the podcast started and that, uh, the deal that fanatics made with the NFL and, and the players association was a 20 year deal. Um, so fanatics has a lot of vested interest in not just overprinting this and burning the hobby to the ground either, which is, which is obviously a really good thing for the collector because the last thing we need is fanatics coming in and just printing stuff to the moon. It's that would be a disaster. So I think it actually is going to work out pretty um well, I mean, I think there's going to be, you know, mistakes because it's a complicated process and it's a hard when two companies merge to just keep perfection, I guess. But I think there is going to be a lot of improvements. And I think uh, the two things I would be most interested in is one, what's going to happen to redemptions? 
I don't really understand that completely. Like, especially with Panini and stuff, like, are they just ever going to, like, fulfill all those, or? What, you mean the ones that are outstanding right now? Right, yeah. Or even in the future, like, like, okay, for the ones that are outstanding, if Panini loses their license, then what would happen? Oh, I never actually really thought about that. I I guess technically they can't produce a new card with those logos or those licenses. Right. So that's what I've seen some people say. Are they just going to like cancel all redemptions and you just get nothing or like how how is that going to work? That's going to be the biggest. The issue is with Panini, not Tops, because the Tops issue is not a non-issue right. now. And right. I think, by the way, yep. I, I think the Panini um, football and basketball sunsets in... 2026 so i think through 2025 they have those rights so football and and basketball are locked up for a while now by are still locked up for a while by panini um which is interesting i think i i i this is what ken golden said and i think this is what's going to happen and and the redemption thing's interesting i personally think that you're just kind of screwed because at least that's the way it seems and i agree with what ken golden said he said that like tops had no leverage whatsoever, which is what you just said. And, you know, they, they needed to sell to like, you know, cash in Panini on the other hand can ride the, the gravy train for four more years and just make a killing and they have no need to really sell. And honestly, yeah. fanatics doesn't need to really buy them or pay a premium because they now have brands to produce good cards that people want. They don't need Panini's brands. They can just let Panini die unless Panini comes to the table with something for cheap. But like, I don't think Fanatics is going to go get them. So we'll be waiting a little bit, I think, for Topps Chrome basketball and Topps Chrome football. But that's what's coming. I don't think I think it could be the death of Prism, though, unless Panini just sells it on the cheap. Which I don't know if they do. Yeah, it would be interesting to see. what. Yeah, it would be interesting to see what would happen if. To the, you know, current Prism cards if Prism was to go away. Because it, it definitely was the premier product, really. Because it, it was still affordable. Is. Yeah, it, it was affordable for everybody, yet the cards actually sold for a good amount. Because, I mean, obviously you want, like, national treasures and stuff like that and flawless, but not everybody can afford to break that. But Prism was a product that everybody could kind of afford to break. But the rare cards actually sold for a ton. I mean, even right now, there's a LeBron gold on eBay from Prism at like, I want to say it was at 120,000. What year? The the newest one, like the Kobe tribute one. The Kobe tribute one sells for insane money. Yeah, it does. And, and that's a card that any collector could have really pulled. Because Prism isn't, I mean, it's expensive now that the card market is different, but it's definitely attainable to get a box of that if you really want to. Or to even get a hanger or whatever you want. Oh, yeah, hangers are cheap. Yeah. That stuff's come way, way, way down. I don't know, though. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty, I was so excited about this news, though, was my, my reaction. I saw some people okay. saying this is terrible, which I thought was, stupid quite honestly they're like well yeah. oh they're gonna screw up tops now and 
and yada 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 but i don't know i was you wouldn't have got tops you would have lost tops chrome if this did not happen and you would have lost tops flagship and anyone who collects vintage baseball or even vintage football and some vintage basketball would have been sad because losing the tops ex- the continuity of tops products is bad for vintage too. So I, this is huge yeah. for everybody. Yeah, I, I thought, well, I, what I thought was interesting is, so there'd be bigger accounts um, like Slab Stocks, Golden, PWCC or whatever that would post, this is what happened, comment your thoughts. You know, and I, and I would scroll through those and the people that thought that it was good would often have paragraphs saying why and the people who thought it was bad it would just be a one-word comment like stupid or dumb and it's like they don't have any reasons why it just seems like they just want to complain like if their reason why it's dumb is because tops now might get ruined that is a (laughs) stupid reason tops can cancel tops now right now and it would have zero effect on 90 percent collectors if not more like that is a very small niche thing in my opinion yeah no not that many people using tops now not that many not that many people on the tops now world yeah i don't know that if that's a good point though like if tops and fanatics works out perfectly besides the fact that we lose tops now that i would say that's a massive win like just an incredible win for the hobby so i'm not Man, too- what are you going to do when the playoffs come and then you want every single alds wild card nlds al and nlcs <laughs> and world series cards and cards from every game whether it was exciting or not what are you going to do yeah. how are who's going to what are you going to do with your ten dollars buy a hot dog yeah. you won't even be able to get a nice card I uh, probably just treat myself to a Chick-fil-A meal or something. I don't know. Oh, oh that's a shame. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I bought – I've got one Topps Now card that I've bought all time. Me too. I have one. What's yours? Mine is the first – wait. Um, yeah, I just won. The first game of the season at Comerica Park – it was just downpouring snow. And, or wait, no, it must have been, wait, that couldn't be the first game of the season then because the season starts like, well, yeah, it could be, right? It could, no, it could be. If it starts at the beginning of April, yeah. it could be. Yeah, I want to say it was the first game of the season or first home game or whatever. And it, it was but he just like sprinted around the bases because he couldn't even see the ball. So he like couldn't see it go out. That is and a cool one. My mom and I were watching it. Yeah, my mom and I were watching it and like we were hyped about it. So then I bought her a Tops Now card of it. But that's Tops Now. The only one I have is from David Ortiz's last game as a Red Sox. And it's like, David okay. Ortiz like says like farewell to like Red Sox Nation. And I still want the signed version out of 99, but have never bought one. I do want the signed version. That's cool. Yeah, I feel like that's uh I feel like uh David Ortiz 
is your version of just my Miguel Cabrera. Like they're really similar as far as what they met um, to like the cities and stuff. Like I would definitely get a tops now card if Cabrera last game in Comerica, like if you wave to the fans or something. Yeah. And then they did that. No. Yeah. Those are cool. It's cool for stuff like that, but otherwise I'd take the, the medium Chick-fil-A meal with the lemonade and the French fries. Take that yeah, that's otherwise. Pretty much exactly what I get their their yeah. lemonade is really good. But yeah. I don't know if the uh listeners are too interested in that topic, but yeah. Um <laughs> so we were gonna talk about LeBron a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we wanted to talk a little um, LeBron. I want to get this in here before we're done for the day. Because that man is 37, right? Uh I think he might have just turned 37. Like, yeah, and he's averaging 35 a game this month or in the last month, uh, which is insane to think about. The last 10 games, he's had 35 or more points. It's just he's, he's His average on the season is all the way up to 28 and a half. Yeah, that – and he's shooting, he's shooting 52% from the field on the year. On the and keep in mind, he had a little bit of a slower start. Um, yeah, so, so his start was a little slow, and then he's just been killing it like for the past like month. And he's averaging now 28 and a half, seven and a half, and 6.6, 52% from the field, 37% from three. Yeah, they're 37% on. 37% on eight attempts a game, which is decent volume. Yeah, that, that is pretty good volume. Yeah, it. I mean, he's just unreal right now. It's so fun to watch. Every day when they play, I just look at the box score because I never get to watch the Lakers, so it's kind of disappointing. But every day they play, I just look at the box score and just see it and then see the highlights online. He may – it just looks like he's not even trying, honestly. He makes it look so easy. It's incredible. Yeah, and that's it, the thing that and like that's the thing that I I don't know. There's so many LeBron haters out there. It's so sad. Like how imagine like not appreciating this man's game because he is lighting it up every single night. Like it's insane. He's on year 19. 19. He's been in the league. I was three years old when he entered the league. That is incredible. Yeah. He is he is pretty awesome. And and it's it's been he's been going nuts. And to return us to cards, the cards have not been going nuts with his play. At least the cards that you, me, 99% of the listeners are in the market for. Maybe the stuff at the super high end, that stuff's different, but that's not where I buy cards. So the stuff that I'm interested in, downward emoji. Yep. Yeah, there, it'll be interesting to see what happens. And I think it, the really interesting part is once LeBron gets into the playoffs, anything can happen. Like, I know the Lakers might not be the best team, and I know they might not have the best chemistry, and I know Russell Westbrook is absolutely horrible night in and night out. But, like, I don't know, put LeBron in the playoffs, and I think you'd be – anybody would be pretty stupid to count him out. 
even if he is a four or five seed. So are you a buyer? We've been, I at least have been on here saying I have not been a buyer. But are you a buyer on LeBron short term right now off of this? Like, do you think there's, do you think this has proven there's a chance for playoff success or no? Um, I mean, I would still buy LeBron. I, I will always buy LeBron for the long term. Yeah, but short term. Short I LeBron yeah. saying LeBron long term is too easy. Like, what about right. short term? But short term, I think it would just be. I mean, it's kind of boring, but it's just like the classic. If I find a card at, you know, 80% of comps and it's a good deal, then yeah, I'll just buy it. Even it for a short term flip, even if I don't want it for my PC. Like but I, you I wouldn't still, you wouldn't be out there but, buying stuff at full comps on LeBron? No, not to flip short term. To hold long term, yeah, for sure. But not to flip short term, I wouldn't. So what is? Are there any things that are sub a thousand dollars that are appealing for the long term? Because I think it's important maybe to delineate for the listeners, like that. I don't know. Is a twenty twelve Prism PSA nine? It's two hundred dollars. Is that when you say like I wouldn't buy for short term, but yeah, sure for the long term? Does that mean? that buying that at $200 for the long term is okay to you? Or does that mean like I would never touch a 2012 Prism PSA 9 and I would just not buy it? Um, I think either goes. Like personally for me, it's just tough because like personally for me, I wouldn't because like I, I don't know. I don't really like holding like the $200 cards super long-term unless I think they're like incredibly undervalued. And like, I kind of made a discovery like before the rest of the market did, but there are cards like sub a thousand that I do really like long-term. And I think, well, one, I think that Bowen Chrome rookie that we talked about last week is super appealing to me still. And two is game used patches is also very appealing to me because just like we were doing before this podcast, looking at golden, there is a Tom Brady Jersey on golden that is game used and it's going to go around $400,000. Whoa. Like I just, I just don't see Panini or tops or fanatics or whatever buying a Jersey for that much and cutting it up and putting it in cards. This jersey is at $300,000 with four days left. But is it concerning you that there's already a decent amount of LeBron jerseys floating around out there, though? Like like jersey cards? Yeah, like there are a ton. Yeah, well, I think what you'd want to get is you know, you don't want like that small little like patch. What you'd you'd want is, you know, in like a flawless relic, which might be a little more than a thousand or like a national treasures, like with like a two color patch or something like that. Mm -hmm. Or, or even a low numbered one. Like I, my flawless LeBron patch I bought and it's like a three color, pretty big Lakers one. I bought it for a or I, well, I traded for it, but I traded for it at like 2000. So like you could probably find a, a little bit of a worse one for like maybe 1200 to 1500. That's fair. So wait, can you give the listeners a 
an example of another sub thousand dollar card that might be something that would last. So you will that, like you said, you would be interested maybe in Bowman Chrome for like longer run. Like what's another one? I know you're deeper in LeBron market than I am. So. Um, another one that's been really appealing to me is, um, courtside, uh, silvers. Really? Yeah. That's been really interesting to me because obviously like the more recent ones are pretty high. Yeah, they definitely are. Pop and won't really appeal to most people, but there's some courtside silvers that are actually a really cool design and aren't like too crazy on the pop like this one. Oh, you know what card I really like is the 2016 select courtside where he's holding the two he's holding the championship trophy and the finals MVP. You and have the, one of those, right? You have yeah, that, right? I do. That was the one that I overpaid for the most that we talked oh, about. Oh, we talked about that one. Yeah, yeah. But I love that card and it's gone down so much. There's a PSA 9 right now and it is a silver on eBay for $70 with a day left on auction. Oh my gosh. To me. Yeah. And there's a, there's a BGS nine right now on eBay for 625 OBO. To me, that could be a pretty good card and it's way less than a thousand dollars. Okay. Well, I'm going to toss some likes on these now. Uh, We'll get this out hopefully before uh, the, the those those actually end. So you know, maybe you guys get a chance to get in on the action too if you wanna. But those are definitely cool cards. Yeah, and the nice thing about LeBron is like, yeah, I have one, but it's not like I'm pumping it because, like, if that if that card is worth ten thousand dollars tomorrow, I'm not gonna sell it. So it doesn't really matter. That's true. You are more of the LeBron hoarder. Yeah. Like I, I, it would make me wake up and be pumped, but like, I don't, I would, <laughs> like, I, I would be super excited about it, but yeah, I wouldn't sell. So that's fair. That's a, that's an interesting example. My go-to LeBron card is now $1,500, which is the uh, upper deck star rookie PSA 10, 1500 bucks for that, Matt PSA 10. What is that? I'm going to have to pull this up real quick. The 301. I want that card. Oh, yeah. I've had had a billion of those, but they've all been in, like, terrible condition. Yeah, it's PSA 9 goes for 350, and PSA 10 goes for 1,500. So the multiplier, what, typically is 3x, and that's more of, like, a 4 to 5x multiple, so... Yeah, that shows that it's a condition sensitive one. Yeah, you know what, LeBron? I highlighted this today in my PC video. The rookie that I am so high on is the finest. Oh, I, you know, there are a lot of those on the golden. If anyone's interested one, in that, was it the one that's numbered out of 999? Oh, yeah, there were a ton. There were at least four. Yeah, that card, you can buy those. There's a raw one on eBay for 2300 OBO. And I just bought a PSA seven and a half, I think, for like 1500, I want to say, like a, while, a long time ago. But um, yeah, they're to me, those are really cool cards. And the fact that the base version is numbered out of less than a thousand is pretty cool. 
That's for sure. That's a that's definitely a cool one. I I actually was thinking about maybe trying to get one of those sometime because I could use some more of those in the collection. I need to get rid of that Giannis tie dye PSA ten that I have laying around. I need to get rid of that. Like oh, I would yeah. like to. I want to secure the profit on that. But people uh, apparently only care about comps. So maybe that's a discussion for the future, how to unload that, because it's worth way more than like the comp based upon what other tie dyes sell for. But people are like, well, I know what you paid for it. So I'm not going to give you a penny more than what you paid for it. And I think that's stupid because like you look at like assorted other Giannis tie dyes from the year before that go for like the year before's one goes for like 800 and that one was like 350 and like they won't pay 600 for it. And I'm like, I, I don't understand it, but I don't know. Don't want to not, I'm not blaming anybody, but I'm hoping to get rid of it so I can get some more LeBron. Cause it would be fun to get more LeBron. Yeah. He's yeah. He's just one of those players. that's kind of fun to buy because there's a lot of options, but there's a lot of like rarity to most of his stuff too. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. And the prices being lower right now is what makes it attractive to me. Yeah, I believe there's also, if I'm right, a LeBron game used jersey too. Yeah, the LeBron game used jersey is at seventy five thousand with five days left. Wow. So, yeah, I just don't see fanatics like. How are they going to get those? It just would be tough. Yeah, but, cost of fortune. Anyways, I think that was kind of a. Uh, basically, the long and short of it is we think LeBron is interesting right now. And the prices being low, I don't know. We're not saying you have to go out and buy, but it's something that I'm definitely looking at more than I used to and I'm kind of interested in. So yeah. I, I very well could end up buying nothing because I am still trying to hunt down the uh, vintage baseball card. And uh, there is yeah. one on auction, uh, which would absolutely clean me out. So I would not have any LeBron money if I got that. But I would be okay with that too. So we'll see. We'll keep you updated on the pod. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, the auction will be done by next week. So hopefully yeah, we'll and hopefully you're a winner by the time by the time yeah. it ends. But yeah, we'll hopefully. see. So yeah, thanks for listening. And we'll be back next week with episode 14.